Welcome to our podcast, um, looking at experiential learning and in particular a module that we have within our Challenger Major Projects uh, Development Programme. Uh, I'm Andy Murray, the Executive Director of the Major Projects Association. I'm joined this week by Andy Taylor of People Deliver Projects. Welcome, Andy. Thanks, Andy. Good to be here. Great. Um, so, Andy, um, before I sort of delve into um, the uh, the module that you provide for us on Challenger major projects and have a chat about experiential learning and and uh, the importance of people uh, more generally on, on projects. I thought it'd be useful for our listeners if uh, perhaps you could just give a little bit of your background. So, um, you know, how did you get into this world of projects and also uh, what you do now? Gosh, um, I'll try and find the shortest version I can. Um, I'm a project person. I'm an engineer by background, project person, grew up in aerospace, but I'm I wasn't a really deep project manager. In fact, we didn't take it that seriously back then. Um, and my last real job was a factory manager running a big part of the Filton factory down in Bristol. Um, and I had I sponsored lots of projects. Um, then I went into consultancy, uh, big the big consultants, and I quickly realised I had very different views about projects in the real world to the massive hundred slide training decks I was given to go and train out people. And um, and I went independent in my 30s. That's 20, 20 plus years ago now. Um, and I knew immediately, I knew what I wanted to do was something quite different. So I'd gone from actually being quite geeky and process minded as a young man to now realising actually the big problem we're all trying to solve is how human beings collaborate and unite to do things together. Um, and so for the second half of my career, I've been entirely focused on that. And People Deliver Projects is my second business. Uh, I've been an innovation and project delivery specialist in my first business. Um, and then I started People Deliver Projects 17 years ago. Um, right. Uh, and Andy, I think you did yourself a disservice there saying the last time you did a real job was a, <laughs> as a factory manager. Because, <laughs> you know, I have, from what I see and so the you know what I observe when we run the sessions, you know, what you do is, is massively impactful in terms of your ability to influence change in how projects are, are delivered and the success rates of projects. So um, uh, I, I, it is a real job that you have now. So. Thank you, Andy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yes. I, I, I just sometimes describe my life as I make a very small change in a very large number of places. So so we've got 140 clients now um, and I'm proud of every one. But of course, you it's not about us. It's about the client. So. So I don't feel I don't want to take the credit and ownership of that. Our job is to facilitate their outcome. And um, that's really important to our values, which I guess we'll come into and in how we do this experiential work. Yeah, so let's dive into that now then. So, you know, the you know, I, I introduced it as experiential learning. Um, you know, we have our Challenger Major Projects program. So it's about eight days of, uh, of content over a three month period. And we give a chunk of that time to, to you and your team. You come in and it's a, a real departure from some of the other sessions that we have, which are um, not necessarily chalk and talk, if I was to describe it in that way. But it is an expert, you know, sharing their uh, their experience and, and their wisdom uh, and enabling the participants to to probe and challenge and to explore that. Um, but then we have your session, you know, which is around the experiential learning. So tell me a bit about it. How does it work? You know, how do your sessions differ from other forms of, uh, of development? Yeah. So so I'll struggle to do this very quickly, but it, it is really important. Um, 
What we try to do, the word experiential is overused, but, but what it means to us is we replace the paradigm of PowerPoint experts, bullets and, and thinking work. Um, we replace that with story and we make that story live with live actors who are have script and improvisation. And the, the story is written specific for the setting. So it represents the world of the audience. It doesn't copy the audience. It's not mimicking anyone, but it, it's metaphoric. But the audience see the behaviours and the culture of their world played out in front of them. Now, what happens then is, of course, they can enjoy that. There's pain, there's laughter, there's a lot of engagement. But then we put the audience in the driving seat and make them responsible for the story by giving them control of what happens. So the story becomes a, both a provocation and something to vicariously carry the learning. So the audience are playing out the learning and the change that you're seeking by how they interact with the characters in the story. Um, and it, it, the sort of question is why, you know, why, why do that? Well, I think there's some fundamental things. One is we're hardwired for story. Our brains are wired for mm -hmm. story. It, 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 it fires much more than just the thinking brain. It reaches the imagination and the imagination is linked to the emotions. So we have laughter, we have tears, we have stress and frustration. And that's all part of the mix of how we actually learn as humans. It makes it memorable. It makes it visceral. Um, and therefore, the word used was impact. Um, so that's fundamentally what it's about. We, we reach people at the emotional level. But the other dimension of it, which makes it really very important and work, is that in the expert model of learning, the audience engage if the speaker is a terrific speaker or has great things to say, but it doesn't belong to the audience. It, the outcome of the conversation still belongs to the speaker and the audience can take things away if they find them useful. But in our events, we work really hard to make it the audience's conversation. So it's their world, their event, their outcome. And we have to sort of leave quietly by the back door, even though we're carrying the whole thing. So so my role as a facilitator is to you know, we we have content to bring, but we have to carry that really lightly so the audience don't feel they've been compelled into anything or persuaded into anything. They feel they chose the learning outcome. Um, and and I and it's just it's really enjoyable for us as a team, as a facilitator, actors, but also it's enjoyable for the audience as well. So it feels like you win all ways. Yeah, and that sort of um, memory aspect of it is that we do remember things that we've been emotionally connected to, um, and if that's this is the one thing I'm going to do differently as a result of the experience I've just had, it's more likely to stick when people can can take it away and, and, and relate it to their environment. Uh, I did the first time I, I went through one of your sessions, I, I sort of, um, you know, crudely compared it to it's a bit like when someone wants to seek help. And so rather than saying, I've got this problem, can you help? They say, I've got this friend who's got this challenge. <laughs> what might you recommend? And it's, and it's that being able to project your own experience or your own current environment even into what's going on with the with the story and with the actors I think is really powerful um, and the, the session we've got um, 
within the challenge major project cmp is uh, the junction um so uh, and it's it's got a number of themes within it but there's one about dealing with conflict but fundamentally it's about that sort of high performing uh, relationship so just give us a little bit of insight in terms of what what the story is and what what people would uh, come away with uh, from from that particular um, story that you have because you have lots of stories yes. don't you I'll, we only choose yeah, one of them yeah. for cmp yeah, I got my, this is my chart of all the stories we've done so, so actually for for the listeners no, no, the chart, okay. there must be uh, must be uh, 40, uh, 90, 50 90 stories on there yeah okay so it tells you i'm not a very good estimator there so <laughs> <laughs> but we um well yeah so so the junction is a story we love one of our favorites um we originally wrote it fresh for transport for london and we've used variants of it at Environment Agency, National Highways, um, um, Network Rail. And we came to you and it seemed natural in the major projects environment. So so the thing about the junction is it's a capital build project. That's the plot. We wanted it to be about transportation, but we didn't want to make it roads or rail. It would be too close to home. So we went metaphoric and we set it, um, it on a, a futuristic world quite fictitious the weather has changed due to global warming scotland is the center of winter sports in europe and we're going to regenerate the glencoe ski resort into being a top european ski resort so that's the major project so it's a little bit fantastical but everybody gets it so then you just put into it the kind of things that we have in major projects you have ambitious sort of optimism bias about timescales complex politics with hidden agendas um, you start to dig into the ground and the rock is unstable and you start to get delays and compromises no one can have the solution but the launch event is fixed we have andy murray as the scotland health czar coming to open it with nicola sturgeon who's the new premier of the independent scotland so it's all a bit daft but none of that matters it's just that's just fun what's inside it is very real behaviors between a set of characters who come together as different organizations to collaborate on this venture um, and what we examine is how um, initially they set out and all looks great um, mm -hmm. relationships are fine but then under pressure they become strained the relationships become what we call positional what we would many people will call siloed um, everyone protecting their own agenda everyone believing they are right but on the surface, looking quite harmonious and positive, but everybody knows it's not real. And that runs along for a while until the story comes to its climax, when we realise that nothing, it can't be delivered as promised. Hmm. Then the characters have to face the one thing that they've been avoiding all along, which is each other. So what you do in parallel, you have a plot, which isn't really the main point. But alongside it, you have the characters and the relationship journeys and all stories are fundamentally about relationships, which is very handy because nearly all project problems are about relationships as well. Yep. So our central proposition is that, you know, process is great and necessary, um, but it's typically overdone um, and especially in our project profession overdone. But ultimately, our view is it's the quality of relationships which get your projects delivered so this whole story is about revealing how relationships either hamper or enable project outcomes and the audience turn the relationships from being ineffective dysfunctional to being functional and then what we call mutual so where high performance comes um, and that's essentially what it's about
Yeah, and they effectively end up as coaches, don't they, of the characters in 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 the story, coaching them about you know what how they should behave and the things they exactly. you know the positions they should take and and even the, the words that they might wish to use uh, in terms of you know progressing some difficult conversations. Um, so it's uh, very powerful. Interesting, you talked about the emotional connection earlier. The first time I sat through that story. Um, my Garmin watch, which um, you know measures heart rates and stress levels and so on, told me to calm down. So, <laughs> so, so it definitely worked. I was, I was sat there, I was diving to jump in and get involved and tell them, don't do that. You know, but and, and that's the point, isn't it? That uh, we all want to intervene because we're, we're sitting and you know observing someone else's story. And I think the fascinating thing for me as well is that in our own projects, we only see one part of the story because we're only seeing it from yes. from our own eyes. And the the value of the of the, the the session is that we're seeing the story from everyone's perspective it's a bit like pulp fiction if you like in that we're seeing each of the characters perspective on what's going on and it changes our understanding of of the project yeah and the, you know so, and there are lots of skills in the i mean i'm really lucky I'm, i have a team of really creative actors writer director who understand how to curate this kind of thing so for instance you know we don't do pantomime we, we, ha we have difficult stakeholders and they are, and they look really um, challenging and awkward and unhelpful. But when you actually reveal their truth, which you can do through this device, you realise they're coming from a really good place, and their behaviour is, their intentions are great behind in behaviour which comes out a bit wrong. Um, so all the characters have to have redeeming qualities. They all have to be plausible, but they're also all flawed in some way, as we all are. But the way story works is you make it so that all the individuals are capable, but the collective doesn't work. And that's that's what creates the opportunity for the audience to step in. Um, yeah. And then what follows the session is that we have this sort of coaching uh, yeah. opportunity where um, in in context of you know moving from positional to mutual in terms of relationships, yes. we get the. Um, the, the attendees, the delegates, um, to think about their own project or their own work environment, even if it's in the past or current, where they may have a, a positional uh, relationship or, or, or a relationship that needs to move to mutual. Uh, and then you use this really powerful coaching technique to, to help them think about what they might do to, to change that relationship. So tell us a little bit about how, how that works. Yeah, so one of the other things is our actors are also skilled business coaches as well. So they facilitate small action sets, which is basically a small group coaching session where each person gets a turn to be the client and everyone else helps the client. Now, this particular device we use gives a bit of structure we call peer consulting. Um, I'm sure it has other names, too. It's reasonably widely known, but we really like it. So imagine you're the client and you have three colleagues around you and a facilitator and the as a client, you, you go through a few stages. The first stage is to just pour out in a stream of consciousness of your challenge, your relationship challenge and what you want to work on without any structure. And then your peer consultants, the coaches, if you like, then discuss that amongst themselves. Now, to make that work in a slightly funky way, the client turns their back on the other three, but can still hear what they're saying. Um, and it, it's a device which allows the consultants to talk quite transparently about the person. And it's a sort of a trick of the mind, but works really, really well. And we do that. And then 
The third stage is the client returns, takes charge again and responds and starts to formulate their own way forward. And the, the actor coach guides that process. And what we're doing, though, which is really important, is we're shifting from the story based device, which they are immersed in and enjoying and getting value from, to then adding the personal accountability, which is, well, this is actually about you now. So mm-hmm. where are you going to take this and what are you going to do with it? Um, and all of that is that design is is about maximizing the likelihood of learning turning into action. So the problem with traditional models is that the big waste or, or performance loss in most training type environments is however good the experience is, the transfer to reality is low. And yes. many, many feel that most training, especially on behavior, is wasted investment. Yeah, and that was one of my takeaways from the first time I saw one of your your sessions. In, in each of the stories and each of the sessions you you run, there's actually quite a um, a singular sort of pointy concept you're getting across, and that would be one concept or one slide in in twenty or thirty in a traditional sort of perhaps a two hour yeah. session that you might run on on behavioural change in, in in projects and you're focusing on one and you're doing uh, you know a, you know an almost a whole day session on it but the brilliance of it is that it's really nuanced and and you know the, the theory of moving from mutual to, sorry from positional to mutual and, and in terms of those high performer relationships is really it's well documented it's it's quite easy to understand in terms yes. of theory yes. but actually turning that theory into practice it yes. requires some hard yards so to speak and, and that's what the session enables yeah. us to do to spend quality time thinking about one particular concept rather than saying yeah i understand that tick and then forget about it two days later yes and just to add just to hit that point home which is a really good one is if we want to change ourselves as a leader and that's what you're interested in doing here mm-hmm. it's no good just getting intellectual ideas about what that means you you have to not only have it in your, the choices you can make in conversations but you have to take it into your mindset and your values and beliefs mm-hmm. so so you're trying to you you know, you're working with the whole person and their integrity. And, and for us, that means, you know, what you believe lines up with what you think and what you think lines up with what you say and what you say lines up with what you do. So you have to you have to work on the whole of that to make it powerful for the learning person. Yep. So I'm just move on a little bit, Andy, in terms of the, the audience, because we, we've spoken about the, you know, the, the accountability sits with them and and, and so on. But um, the audience that that we have, you know, in the Challenger Major projects is uh, people that are moving into a pinnacle role um, uh, on on a project. So we talk about them as project leaders, but they're not necessarily project managers. They could be the lead commercial person or the lead engineer or the lead finance or, right. or whatever it might be. But a, a a, a leading role within their sort of you know, discipline. So, so your sessions aren't, although you sort of, you know, your your company is people deliver projects. It's not just about project leaders, is it? Um, no, I'm really glad you said that, actually, because we do get pigeonholed in that place. And for good or for bad, I called it people of a project 17 years ago, and now it's a noose around my neck because, um, I mean, we do we're just about to do we do some fantastic work now on um, inclusion, conscious inclusion. Um, mm-hmm which can be for any leader. In fact, it can be for anyone in an organization. So revealing unconscious bias and microaggressions, that's fantastic. And we do work in well-being. We do work 
we've worked with 30 organizations on um, sponsorship sponsorship of projects and change mm-hmm. so leading leading from above and that is just one step away from any leadership team so we work more generally as well so so projects project managers are where we started 17 years ago projects is our home market and mm-hmm. what we know and love um but we help project organizations with anybody who's who are in project or service roles because they all collaborate they all have stakeholders they all have relationships yeah. they they all get things done through the conversations they had in their organization and then we've gone off sideways because our clients have asked us to do you know oh, can you do anything with us on safety behavior? Our programs are underground and it's not going anywhere. So yep. we do, and so on and so on. So really, you actually can use the device on anything behavioral. Yeah, so maybe it's sort of people deliver stuff or people make stuff yeah, happen. That's so, right, yeah. yeah, but it's not necessarily the, as catchy as what you've got. Right, let's talk about um, the the sessions that you've done. Um, obviously, we do it as a part of Challenging Major Projects, but you you run these, you know, many times every year. So, so I've got some sort of quick fire questions for you. So, so how many have you done? What's the biggest group you've done it for? And uh, and pick a favourite moment for me. Oh wow. Okay. Um, we've done two hundred and eighty approximate events in about eighty organisations. Um, biggest. Face-to-face audience has been 330, okay. but we def- that was at Sky. We definitely can go 500, 1,000. It's not a problem. We're just waiting for that one to come along. Um, God, there's so many favourites. I think the favourite moments are the slightly funny ones. Um, yeah. Um, also the emotional ones, actually. So, yeah, so pick a favourite job was we had a bit of a dull... Uh, setting in an insurance type financial services company and the project mm-hmm. setting wasn't particularly exciting so what we did is we set it 30 years ago in 1984 and we surrounded it with pieces of new 1984 music obviously clothing props of the day the presentation was done on an overhead projector we have telexes rolling down the screen yeah. <laughs> and everybody and for the young folk it's like what is an overhead projector and for yeah. the for, for folk like me it's really nostalgic you know and having people write on a pen to get our hands on it on, yeah. on a projector. so that's a lot of fun but but also i'd just like to mention some of what pick one of the more emotional moments um well one at the moment we're doing with inclusion is really nice so we have a we have an Asian female introverted antagonist character who's being finding herself excluded in her organization and a lovely team leader who really cares about her and wants her to be OK. And they're in conversation at the crucial moment of the story. He's trying to get her to stay with the organization. She's feeling disaffected. Um, and in his good intentions, he gets everything wrong. Mm-hmm. And he, he falls down the traps that we all do. He tries to rescue her. She doesn't want to be rescued. She wants to be empowered and allowed to be herself. Yeah. And and she actually makes a decision right in front of the audience at the crux of the story. Will she go? Or will she not? And she's packing up her box on the table to leave. It, I mean, it's just random props we choose found mm-hmm. out in the room. And off script, she, she, the actor realizes that rather than explain that she's leaving and why, it's much more powerful if she's just silent. And the two characters are just silent for a minute. She packs a box. So we've got music playing in the background. She tries to say something and can't find the words. She turns around and goes and stops and goes. And eventually she goes. Mm-hmm. And and the audience are in tears. Yeah. And because they can just. And, and what that's about for me, it's it's the skill of the actor. 
these are really high quality actors um and uh and it's but it's also their ability to facilitate audience learning just by the choices they make and you know and i'm and i have to do something then and ask a question and i'm crying <laughs> and then i turn around oh, God, and everyone else is crying you know so those moments it's like god this is something special happening here mm. um and if you want to reach mindsets you know then that you're in the right place and that's also just demonstrating the power of imagination as well, because, yes. you know, that in, in that silence, you know, if, if it's, say, 30 people in the room, there'll be 30 different imaginations of yes. what's going on in, in that uh, in that actor's head. You know, what, what's that person really thinking and, and and perhaps relating it to some of their own experiences? And it might be more more or less or, or you know, completely different to what would otherwise have been said in that moment. So that's, that's a great, yes. great example. So perhaps could you give me an example of perhaps um, a significant change in, in someone that's been through the, the programme? Because I know you get feedback afterwards and I also know yeah. that some people contact you afterwards to to ask for some ongoing coaching or, or, or some additional interventions or, or bring it into their own project. Um, so it's gone from a sort of a an, an organisational sort of event yes. they've been on to actually my project needs some help and can you, can you help the project? Well, that that definitely happens a lot. I think um, I don't really do any selling at all. We just do our stuff either as a free event or we let our events sell themselves. And then it's the someone comes backstage afterwards and says, I work in so and so. Can you help us with? So we've done lots of um, I mean, a good way to marry this up and how we probably do our best work is the client might use an event for engaging their whole community and setting the direction of travel they want to go mm-hmm. and then back it up with more intense de- leadership development work and awesome coaching individual or we do some of the small action sets so it's like a tennis serve and volley if you like you know or you stir mm-hmm. the pot and then and then make the meal um so i'm trying to give an example of an impact I mean, so many people come back to us over the years and say thank you down the track and when we meet them they go you know the actors are you you're lars you know i you were the chief executive <laughs> this is 10 years ago you know people pop up from i've had even 12 years ago i've had someone pop up and say i knew i'd work with you we just i just didn't know when we'd do it so that's really lovely i picked a, an example that i really remember as proud of when we were early days we were working with bombardier transportation and we had a big job in berlin about 100 people in this really high profile annual conference hosted by the global president everyone was really anxious about this they, they had a behavioral problem they want to work on i won't say too much about i won't say anything about that but it was very specific we wrote the story for them and it was very compressed on saturday morning we did it and the president sat right in the middle and he looked very skeptical through the whole thing um he was silent everyone was joining in but i knew everyone was worried about this guy and then as he closed at the end he spoke up and he said okay it's time for me to speak isn't it i know this is me that guy is me i know that <laughs> and we didn't copy him actually we didn't mimic him but he but he stood up and he and uh and he said let's change this let's change the way we do this and it just gave these 100 people permission to go here's a moment of change in our organization and mm-hmm. we we finish our stories with a short epilogue which is usually a bit two minutes of a slightly humorous scene and then it's the end and we generally get a round of applause but but on this event every, all 100 people stood up and we had a standing ovation wow. you know and then you feel moments that just they're small you know we, we make a small difference 
but sometimes hopefully it's just the tipping point the turning point yeah. in change and those, those are exciting times brilliant so um and we could chat for forever but we like to keep these uh, podcasts sure. short and sweet um so i've got one last question for you why why should someone come along to um our challenger major projects particularly but particularly your your session what what they're going to get from it yeah okay um so if i yeah, plug for your well, your session, which I'm serving you to do. I would, none of us, yeah, we, we learn what we need to on project process. Um, and we can learn it young and we can learn it easily. Um, but we spend our whole life learning how to lead. Uh, and we spend our whole life learning how to build relationships and make them work. So if you're going to be in this audience, all I want you to do is come along with some curiosity and openness and an interest to learn. And I, what I promise is you will enjoy it. It it will not be cheesy. It will have impact um, as long as you come with a curious mind. The day, it'll be a day long, it will fly by. Um, but I I can, in the 208 events we've done, every single one has got a satisfied client. We've never had one which didn't meet the client's needs. So so that, um, and generally it's 100% and, gen, and we ask every time. So I'm I'm really confident of the value mm-hmm. as long as you come with the right mindset. Brilliant. Well, on that note, thank you very much, Andy. Uh, thanks for the time and uh, look forward to our next session um, on our next uh, round of Challenger Major Projects. Thank you. Brilliant. Thanks for having me, Andy. It's always good to talk.